Hello, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to a brand new episode of Hi, Jinx, with me, Jinx Monsoon. Today, my guest is Jujubee, who is the most competed drag queen. <laughs> How do I word it? She's been on Drag Race and all of its spinoffs more than any other drag queen in the history of drag queens. She also has a brand new podcast she's going to tell us about called Queen of Hearts. And she is recently celebrated in the drag musical Drag the Musical by Alaska Thunderfuck. We're going to talk about all of it as well as our love of cats and our mm, colorful pasts. <laughs> all today here on Hi Jinx. So hunker down, buckle up, and sink your teeth into some brand new Hi Jinx. M. Oh. Mom! Hello everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, with me, Jinx Monsoon. It's a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview fascinating and compelling people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today we are joined by drag superstar, singer, and now dating show host... Jujube. Hi, Jujube. Hi, Jinx. <laughs> I, was, I was holding my breath. Oh my gosh. I love you so much. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah. I love you so much too. We've known each other for so long. Uh, since we were uh, really terrible people and now we're angels. <laughs> <laughs> um. When, I can't even remember. When was the first time we met? Do you remember? I, I honestly... No, we both drank heavily then, so no. We did. We did. And I remember, I remember doing a Halloween gig with you, and I was so messy. And I just wanted to get like the performance done and go home, because we drank heavily. Well, you know what's... Um, that Halloween performance, I remember exactly. Um, I actually, it was at one of my first points of not drinking because um, mm. I quit drinking a few times. Um, now is just the time that's stuck. But yeah. um, yes, I remember the Halloween performance. I think I may have had two sips of a cocktail that night, but actually I was on mushrooms that night. It was the one oh. and only time I ever did a gig on mushrooms. I don't know why I thought... On Halloween. Yeah. I, 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 oh, you know why I thought it would be fun? is because my costume was a magic mushroom. And I thought, <laughs> I'll get into character by doing a little bit of mushrooms. And I ended up... I really am quite proud of my performance that night. You know, it was. Was it, it really was a, good? It was a really good performance. Good. It was a. 
a drag variety show, so we were each doing, you know, like one number. So it wasn't like mm. I had to like deliver a whole script, and I was singing kind of psychedelic songs. I was singing White Rabbit, um, mm. and so I thought, oh, I'm gonna do just a little bit of mushrooms, dressed as a mushroom, <laughs> and I really had a lot of fun that night, but. It's not. I, I certainly am not recommending to all the drag queens of the world do mushrooms and perform on Halloween. It's great um, in New York City. In New York City, with Neil Patrick Harris up in the box. Were they there? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my gosh! It's funny because I've met. NPH a few times, but he never remembers who I am unless I start by saying, I was the queen who sang White Rabbit on Halloween dressed as a mushroom. <laughs> now he's going to see you and be like, White Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember, um, I do remember a point in the evening where I don't even think you were wearing a Halloween costume anymore. You were just in a black wig and a nice mm. little party dress, but you were standing <laughs> in the corner of the room. And I don't know if you were intentionally pretending to be like um, the girl from the ring, or if if that was just a side effect. But <laughs> I think that was Yuha Hamasaki. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> but I, if I recall correctly, um, that was the last time that I saw you on any kind of alcohol because by the next time we saw each other in Provincetown, you had quit yes. drinking. And I yeah. think maybe I had just quit drinking. You and did. We, we sat at Ben de la Creme's show clutching each other's hands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a great show, too. <laughs> oh, all that was, of- that was my, actually, that was my first P-Town show. Really? What a great yes! What a great introduction. I know, I know, I know. I'm like, I love drag, and I love that like drag (laughs) makes us see each other all the time, which is kind (laughs) of nice. And now they get to listen to us on here on (laughs) hijinks. Well, here we are, um, years later, in much different places. So we can we can close the book on talking about our past messy gigs and and Mm. focus on. The bright new possibilities in both of, of our love. futures. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's love. It's love. I'm sure anyone listening um, to hijinks is familiar with your your vast body of work. But let's let's recap a little bit so that we can hear it straight from your mouth. Um, you were on one of the earliest seasons of Drag Race, uh, <laughs> season two, Nespa. Season two. Yeah. Season two, a whole different era of drag race. (laughs) I think there were two lace front wigs in the entire building. And it was the kind of lace front that was, it was like a screen door. Screen door lace front. The screen door lace front that would cut your forehead up. That was season two of RuPaul's Drag Race. And it was so amazing. (laughs) You were... I think pretty much from your first time on Drag Race, and since then, you've done basically every season of Drag Race. Um, <laughs> every every single version, every franchise. I did every I iteration. I did every season of Drag You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, since then, you've been all over the, the, the Drag Race universe. But season two, um, 
you were already a fan favorite right from the get. And I still remember your entrance line. Oh my gosh, that was when they had, when the <laughs> entrances were y'all walking down the street, interacting with the real world, and then coming into the workroom. And your iconic introduction line was, my name's Jujube, I like big dicks and fried chicken. Yeah, long walks on the beach, baked eggs and fried chicken. I, I, I remember saying that on All Stars 1, and that was really exciting because it, it wasn't that long after uh, we finished Drag You. It was almost like my life was like RuPaul's Drag Race Season 2 and then Drag You, and then All Stars happened. And it really did look like we were walking to work <laughs> in full drag <laughs> at noon. <laughs> at noon. Oh my gosh, daytime drag is a special kind of hell, but I don't need to go off on that. <laughs> um, let's let's just recap. I've got the list here. I'm going to, you fact check me, but just for everyone to know, you were on season two of RuPaul's mm-hmm. Drag Race, All Stars 1, All mm-hmm. Stars 5, Queen of the Universe, <laughs> UK versus the World, and as you mentioned, a professor on drag, you. So mm-hmm. if you did all stars, if you did Queen of the Universe and UK versus the world, uh-huh. if I'm doing the math anywhere correctly, that was like back to back, right? Yeah, it 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 was a there there was a, a break of maybe six months. I think it might oh, have been okay. that that sort of break. But like your brain doesn't get out of that mode until. Oh, you know, honey, you know, you know. I'm still in that workroom. I still wake yes. up in a cold sweat. <laughs> like you're late somewhere or like, is my mic on? Or can I use the bathroom? Can I please use the bathroom? <laughs> I know it's going to take me 20 minutes just to piss, but please. <laughs> now, um, so having returned so many times, mm-hmm. um, do you have a favorite iteration of Drag Race? Do you have a favorite, um, like, is there a season that you prefer or remember most fondly? I loved, I think peak GGB to the world uh, was All Stars 5. And it just <laughs> felt like I was so free. And, you know, we were talking about sobriety uh, earlier. I was in a place in my life where everything just felt like calm and right. And, oh, excuse me. I was in a place in my life where everything just felt calm and right. And I wanted to ride that like beautiful wave of peace. But when UK mm. versus the world happened, I was wishing and hoping it would be familiar. But everything was so out of this world for me. I was like, I, it was like my first time competing. It was England. It, yeah, it was it was England with the sausage rolls and you know the Yorkshire puddings. I love I love the UK. It just I don't know. I was against some incredible queens from around the world, and I was scared, girl. I was I, scared. I hear you. You know, I had similar thoughts going into All Star Seven because mm. um, at that point I was like two years sober. Mm-hmm. I was feeling at the top of my game, and then I, I go in, and mm. it just all hit me that I haven't done this in a long time, mm-hmm. and I knew I hadn't done it in a long time, but it really becomes real when you're in the throes of it, and yeah. thank God I was in a very strong place because turns out I can't blame 
all of my neuroses and and emotional issues on alcohol. I mean, mm. oh <laughs> it certainly exacerbated everything, but filming All-Star 7 um, was another step forward in my progress as a human being because I, I mm. realized, oh, there's still a lot that I have to kind of confront and tackle about myself <sighs> that, that, you know, quitting the drinking was... A, a huge first step, yeah. but witchcraft and therapy, my friends. Um, oh my gosh, <laughs> witchcraft <Same>. and therapy. <laughs> Same. Ab- I, you you took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly <laughs> what I felt uh, in UK versus the world. I felt like th- parts of me that I thought healed a long time ago were not. <laughs> mm. And you I, know, it's funny that Drag Race, you know, because. Uh, for what airs and for what people see, you know, it's mm. a it's a fun drag competition. But it's so good. You, it is also a very cathartic, introspective experience. There's no way to do it without kind of examining yourself. Rue's always coming up to you mm-hmm. saying like, and why do you think it is that you do that? And what mm-hmm. leads you to making these decisions? And you're like, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I didn't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, even my first time on um, season five, you know, I, there was so much that I realized that, you know, I was only like um, 23 or 24 when we filmed that. I think 23, and then I was going to be 24 when it aired, so I had to skip ahead in all my confessionals. <laughs> oh, my but, gosh. Um, I think, you know, I went into season five feeling really grounded, and then, mm. um, much like with All-Star 7, there were a lot of things that I was like, oh, this is something mm-hmm. I haven't really dealt with yet, and I thought uh-huh. that it was something that was, you know... I thought I had closed the boat with the book on this. I thought I closed the boat on this, and yeah, um, turns out there's still a lot of work to do there. But that's being human, right? There is no, oh, I think there's no moment the where you're just good and done and you know ready to coast. <laughs> oh, this is my ninth life. I am, this is like my last one, girl. I've done this, and I'm tired. <laughs> Let's talk about something we both have in common, and that's our love of cats. Oh my gosh, I was just looking at pictures of Mr. Impress. <laughs> do you do this with yours? Oh yeah, yeah. I have Tildy and Inky, and um, Inky already lived here when I moved in, um, mm-hmm. but Tildy came with me from San Francisco, mm-hmm. and they're very, very different cats, but I... Uh, Oh my gosh. It's like <laughs> I I don't even I don't even know what to do with myself when I'm away from my cats. Like <laughs> I, know. I know. I used to have one of those uh, pet cams where I can watch and I kept it for a week <laughs> because my obsession with seeing them sleep or shit or eat their little pebbles. They're they're I don't feed them rocks. <laughs> they look like little pebbles. But it drove me wild, so I gave it away because yeah. it made me sad. It made me more sad, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm more sad. I don't know. 
what kind of personalities your cats have, but Tildy likes to punish me when I've been away for a long time. She mm. she's a very independent, very um, antisocial cat, which only mm. makes me love her more because then I have to work hard for her affection, and it feels like such a victory when she uh-huh. climbs up on the bed with me and nuzzles up next to me because she's really she's decided then and there that she wants attention. But mm-hmm. um, when I've when I've been away for a while, um, she kind of readjusts her own routines and her own schedule. And I come back and she doesn't need me anymore. And it's the biggest blow to my ego when <laughs> when she's got her own routine that doesn't involve me anymore. And she's kind of cold and indifferent to me. And all I want is to just, you know, envelop her in love. And she does this thing where she literally puts her paws on my chest and pushes uh-huh. herself away from me and looks just at me stretches like, you're out. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's I think my abandonment issues take me to cats and I just have to work my ass off to get their love and it's like please love me. <laughs> that's that's why they're in my life. Cats make you work for it, you know? Mhm. <laughs> but so do I. <laughs> <laughs> so Let's talk about some of your philosophies in life. Oh your my gosh. very first lipstick message, and I have to—I'll be honest—and this isn't this. This is a backwards brag. This is a backdoor brag. I've yeah. never written a lipstick message <laughs> because <laughs> I've never been eliminated on either seasons. I, I think that's amazing. I um. Well, I guess I can kind of relate. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I've never, I, I've never until UK versus the world erased somebody else's lipstick message. Okay. So that was um, pretty. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I was afraid for a second that I just gave a spoiler away about All Star Seven, but everyone knows no one goes home on All Star Seven. So um, I never, I never wrote a lipstick message, which is a good thing. But I don't know the experience of having to think of encapsulating your entire being in one message left behind in lipstick. Your very first lipstick message said, you are your own worst critic. Let go, forgive, and live. Are these words you live by? (laughs) Well, thank you for reminding me of that, but yes. (laughs) Oh, 25-year-old Jujubee was embarking on... uh, the realization that she needed to uh, put work into herself to maintain everything, and that includes drag and performance. And I wish I could just, like, pat her on the back because, you know, there was somebody that needed to do that for her, and I think it should have just been 25-year-old Jujubee. It's weird to say that because I'm going to be 38, or maybe this podcast is out when I'm 38. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, you know, I think we get asked the question a lot in interviews and sometimes on Drag Race, but what would you say to your young self? Mm. And that question terrifies me for whatever reason. It terrifies reason. me too. <laughs> because I know I know everything that my young self needs to hear, but I don't necessarily, um, I don't know. It's like... Um, I don't like the idea of tampering with the past because, mm-hmm. you know, we learn from our mistakes and that's right. how we grow and evolve. 
And then at the same time, my brain thinks, gosh, if there was a way to just avoid some of the hardship, or at least tell myself... (laughs) This, 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 and this. (laughs) I mean, I'm someone who dwells and belabors every little mistake that I make. I've talked about this before in my podcast, but Mm. I don't even like pissing off video game characters. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) You You don't try to push the other Mario Kart players off because I do that. <laughs> I mean, like, I play a lot of long-form story-based RPGs, and when my character makes a decision that pisses off one of the other characters, I usually save and go back and try to fix that problem. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, because you can. Because you can during that. I guess. Yeah. I guess that's a form of... I think that's a form of control right there. Hmm. Jinx? Well, <laughs> well, I have therapy after this, so we'll be talking about it. But <laughs> it's a part of my therapy too. <laughs> um, did you, are there any other lipstick messages that stand out to you? Uh, out of anybody's? Out of yours or anybody's? You, you've had a was, lot was more that, lipstick. <laughs> was that the only one that I wrote? Did I write any more? Did I write any more? <laughs> No. Look, uh, you made it to the end I, for I got, both your all stars. Yeah, third. I I like to tell people I got third place, but you know there was there were times where two of us would be eliminated at the same time. So yeah. I'll just take the <laughs> I'll take the number closest to one. So I'm going to say third place four times. <laughs> what about you? Uh, what about um, Queen of the Universe, which is um, last place, the most one time. The, <laughs> But it's the most distinct from, um, well, yeah. Drag You is also very distinct from the rest of the times you've been mm-hmm. on a, a Drag Race spinoff. Um, what was unique about those experiences versus um, competing in Drag Race Classique? Oh, it was, it for me, it was, um, I was still competing for something, but this time it was just a different facet of what... I do as a queen and as a performer and, you know, going in, I was like so hungry and so ready, but day one comes around and I'm just so nervous and I'm building these uh, storylines in my head, like, girl, you're going to go out there and bomb and you're going to be terrible. And, you know, you go on stage and you try your best to kind of lead with with your soul but my ego was like you're not gonna make it girl (laughs) it just it really i i don't think i regret anything about it i think it was a nice experience to have and it was so humbling um it was great to be around the other queens that have never really had the chance to ride the wave of um of mainstream drag heroes, mm-hmm. you know, t- so to be there with them and they were so talented, like Ada Vox is insane. Her voice is oh, insane. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like and she's Betty, so kind and so, so kind so sweet. <laughs> and grad queen and Aria, like ev- every queen there. Um, Nova is a soprano. Nova's are. <laughs> I just, I'm over here like, I think I'm a bass <laughs> trying to sing Ariana Grande. <laughs> Did you 
makes great decisions sometimes. And then other times she just lets it all hang out. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I can be candid with you. Um, Mm -hmm. this episode will air after episode three of all star seven. And Uh it's, uh, I haven't seen it yet, but it's going to air tomorrow, and uh-huh. I'm so nervous because... Why? Well, Well, you because... don't have to tell me if it's going to ruin things. No, it's 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 okay. Episode three is... Um, it's so hard to know that I go from Snatch Game... Yeah, which was amazing, and I f- chuckled, and I was laughing so hard I almost threw up. It was, like, so good. I'm I'm objectively <laughs> proud of my snatch game and then episode 3 is objectively one of my hardest moments mm. <laughs> because did your lash um, fall off? Did you cry in your lash fall off? It's a ball it's a ball babe and um oh. I I really love my two outfits that were made for me but the outfit mm-hmm. I make myself um <laughs> You know, it's not my superpower. Drag queens, we can't have every single superpower. And even no, though can't. I really I really convinced myself I had a game plan for when I had to design my own look, I really said, like, I've watched enough Drag Race now since my season to know how to fake my way through a design challenge. Grecian. But... <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is. It's uh, <laughs> oh, it is because that's what I always do. <laughs> Me too. Grecian because you and convince flowy. yourself you're gonna, you convince yourself you're gonna make some kind of beautiful caftan that's not gonna need a lot of. <laughs> you're like it's just two stitches and a hole. But it's not. So and but here's the thing: I was never gonna win a ball challenge with the likes of Raja <laughs> and Jada and Trinity and Shay. Mm-hmm, I just mm-hmm. wanted to not feel stupid in whatever mm. I made. But, um, you know, Jada Essence Hall, um, mm. who was just a constant light and constant source of positivity in the room, um, mm. as well as, you know, just endlessly entertaining, just effortlessly entertaining and captivating. I have nothing but love. Um uh, and then Trinity, who was like constantly running around the room trying to see how she could help people with mm. their designs, trying to lend a helping hand because, you know, she had a, <laughs> she, she was she's she not, was ready. She's not worried about a design challenge. Um, the two of them both, I think at different points said, well, do you think you did better than the first time you did a ball? And I said, well, objectively, yes, because the first time I did a ball... It was three flops, and this mm. time it's like maybe um, one and a half flops, maybe maybe two flops. <laughs> but if if it wasn't three full flops, then I at least did better than the last time, and they really helped me focus on that rather than mm. hey, this still isn't my strength. <laughs> it's and it's okay, girl, because you know what. It's not mine either. <laughs> it's I can barely pick out the right outfit for myself, let alone make one. But it's inspiring to see people do it. It is. It's really <laughs> I I think of it like alchemy, you know. 
uh, of course, I have to put everything in like witchy magic terms. But mm. when you see someone take the raw materials and then just with their own two hands and a sewing machine, turn a mm. pile of fabric into something gorgeous, it it really feels like magic, you know? Yeah. Like if and and I'm envious of it, but like I said. No, no one person can have every single talent, and um, obviously, <laughs> when you pour yourself into one facet of drag, mm-hmm. and for me, it's the live performance. You know, mm. um, there's not a lot of time to learn those other skills. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and it's a symptom uh, of being booked and blessed. <laughs> it's booked and blessed, and it's being up. Uh, podcast hosts so we don't have time to make our outfits <laughs> do you know how long it takes to set up a podcast minutes <laughs> but but then hours of getting yourself into the mental headspace of just talking <laughs> mm-hmm. from a really nice calm relaxing place so speaking of being a podcast host you have your own brand new podcast yes and it's it's really um it's very different from any podcast i've ever heard or heard about it's a yeah. dating show yeah it's in very podcast G-G-B. format <laughs> yes it's it's called queen of hearts um i didn't hear or know about any other dating podcast out there and when you go on a blind date why not just make it an actual blind date and have it on a podcast, you know? And I, I'm there to kind of be the wing queen to whoever the contender is. And we have three daters come in and they get to hear voice memos of each other. And then off the bat, the contender chops one of the voices. And we move on into another round and we play games with just two and the contender. And... um I think it's really cool because I know we worked with an episode where um, it was a poly relationship and we didn't even cut anybody at the, um, at the second round. So it was like, (laughs) I, I decided to send three people on a date and I thought it was really (laughs) nice because for some reason, all three of them were like, wait, we have like really cool chemistry. My queen, will you please (laughs) like, you know, you can feel it when you're watching people kind of get to know each other and mm-hmm. and the interest is there. Even though you can't see them, you can hear just the excitement in their voices. And if I feel like you deserve a date, I'll pay for it. You can go anywhere in the mall, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's a nice little prize and we start in Los Angeles. And you know, if you know Los Angeles... I, I'm sure you know Los Angeles way better than I know Los Angeles, but I'm assuming no. that dating in LA could be pretty hard. <laughs> I've certainly never dated in LA. Mm. Um, usually when I'm in LA, it's for work. I occasionally get to be there with, you know, just time on my hands. Mm. And, um, but LA is still so foreign to me. It's its its uh, own oh, yeah microchasm and mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if you can call it micro but my the last time I was in LA um, so we filmed All Star 7 and then I went and stayed with my best friend Nick Sahoya mm-hmm. who it, who co-hosts my Futurama podcast with me and has been one of my best friends for over a decade and is my comedy partner 
I was so fried after filming All Star 7. They dropped mm. me off at his house with all of my luggage and all of my, um, you know, my crates of drag. And I sat on his couch for five days solid and we watched... <laughs> We watched everything. I caught up on all the TV I had missed um, while we were filming. I watched yeah. The White Lotus with him. I we we rewatched all of our old favorite shows, and literally, that's all I did for five days. Sat on his couch. Um, <laughs> he kind of cleared his plan so he could just be sitting on the couch with me. Oh, that's and a great friend, just, though. Yeah, it was just he and I and his dog Turtle, and oh. the three of us just. I, I was a zombie for five days. I don't even think we spoke much, you know, like mm. we spoke when, when it was necessary and I cried when it was necessary. <laughs> and otherwise, um, I was just a couch zombie and it worked for us, you know. I played a lot of video games. It was nice just to be in his presence again because we used to live together. Um, and so it was nice just to like, you know, uh, be around his energy again. Um, yeah. It was being home with like, you know that feeling. It's like, oh, I get to go home. Yeah. Do it's you nice. require a detox period after filming a drag race? <laughs> I require a detox period after going to work. I like, <laughs> but I, it's, it, I know exactly what you mean. You, you, um, you, it is a lot of energy that we give out uh, as people. Um, and the job requires a lot of, uh, really like like a certain frequency that we need to be on right mm -hmm. and sometimes i've done this before sometimes i give it all away and i'm just exhausted and in the exhaustion i confuse what i'm feeling like is it stress is it anger is it just me being neutral am i just uncomfortable so if i don't like calm myself or uh give myself like a 10 minute meditation nothing mm -hmm. goes right for me you know, yeah. I'm excited to take two months off at the end of the year. Like, oh, that is my congratulations. present. Congratulations. But girl, you know something's going to come up and I'm going to say, okay. That always I <laughs> happens. I, I, was, I scheduled a vacation with my husband mm -hmm. that we are now postponing because, you know, one of those gigs came up where it's like, you always say, I need this time off. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't even bring me offers. Yeah. But then there's also the kind of unspoken, like, unless it's, you know, this of kind course. of offer. Uh -huh. And so Michael was very understanding. So we're going to have to reschedule um, a vacation. And it, 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 it's like sooner or later I have to – you have to sooner or later say, okay, no gig is worth, <clears throat> you know um, – Sanity. Sanity. Um, investing in your personal life and your interpersonal mm -hmm. relationships. Luckily, you know, Michael was very understanding and and this was just one of those gigs that needs to happen. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I mean, I, I, I don't... <laughs> it's the double-edged sword. Our career is full of double-edged swords. It's like... yeah. You you get the experiences. We were talking before we hit the record button, but you mm -hmm. get these experiences that sound so amazing. Like you're in you're in Berlin right now, and yeah. you're going to Paris, and you were in yeah. Ibiza, and uh -huh. 
And how do I get to see any of it? No, I I was in Rome and I was really excited to see, you know, uh, everything that you want to see when you're in Rome, right? And the only thing that we got time to do was to get pizza uh, across the street from the hotel. And then we had to get ready. But it was, it's like, yeah, I've, I've been to all these places, but I would just love to spend a day to just get lost in it. Uh, we did that in yeah. Paris. Willem, uh, Crystal, Mother, and I, we <laughs> just decided we were gonna go walking. And we went walking. Um, we saw the Eiffel Tower from afar, took a photo and, t- and took a car back to the hotel to go to the airport, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, it's trying. <laughs> One of my crazy stories is in Paris. I was on a tour. It was one of those big tours with multiple girls. Alaska Mm. and I were sharing a room. Um, I wanted to have a boy over but couldn't because we were sharing a room. So I went to his place. This was years (laughs) ago. And I stayed up drinking red wine with this guy. And um, my phone died in the night. So my alarm never went off. And when I woke up, it was just sheer panic. And I get back to the hotel and literally the bus was about to take off. No. And Alaska had let um, the tour manager into our room to grab all my stuff. Of course, I didn't trust. I, you know, like I have to see the room and make sure that all of my stuff. So I ran up to the room, double checked, Mm -hmm. got on the bus Everyone was worried about me. And when I was all right, then everyone was upset with me. Yeah. And luckily that hasn't ever happened since. um, But it was utter terror. Because what was going to happen if I had gotten left behind in Paris? (laughs) You would have had to figure it out, honey. And you would have. You would have. And that is the gift of jinx. It was a high jinx. It was a hijinks. <laughs> it was a hijinks. <laughs> Here she goes again. <laughs> um, so this dating podcast, mm. have Queen you, of have, Hearts, Queen of Hearts, have you checked in with any of the couples you've set up? Are they in love now? Have you? A- have you actually? Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm glad you asked because we we right after DragCon, actually it was um it was the first night of DragCon. I worked because I'm an idiot, but I worked at uh at a gig and there was one of the couples that I set up and they chose to spend their money going to my show. So it really the money that I used just came back to me. I thought it was really responsible and it was great to see the two people that um I heard kind of fall in like on Queen of Hearts, <laughs> holding hands, watching me on stage. I thought it was the cutest thing. And I don't know, I think they're calling each other booze. So <laughs> maybe I am the actual Queen of Hearts setting people up. <laughs> Would you call yourself um, Boopid? <laughs> Boop. That was so stupid. Boopid. Booped. <laughs> no, Cupid. But Boop. with a with boo, like a, cup, a, a Cupid who will set you up with your future boo. I don't yes, know. <laughs> a Boopid. As Jinx Monsoon would say, I am a Boopid. 
<laughs> a boob. <Juju. laughs> yes. <laughs> I recently got to see you in the drag murder mystery. Yes. Full feature theatrical production, Death Drop. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> this show is amazing. Um, it's ridiculous. What I love about it is it was written by a drag queen. It stars mm-hmm. all drag performers. Every mm-hmm. role is a drag performer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's all cross-gender casting. Mm-hmm. Um, you played um, you played a weather girl and uh, a French meteorologist. Meteorologist. Sorry, a meteorologist and climate systems communications <laughs> broadcaster. Excuse Thank you. me. I did not mean to diminish her title. Um, uh, you play a meteorologist and a French inspector in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went back a week later and saw Latrice in the same yes. role. Um, such a joy to get to see uh, the same role played by two very distinctly different performers. Mm-hmm. I loved the little promo y'all did where um, it was you stepping out of the shoes and you were like, Latrice, you've got some <laughs> you big got shoes to fill. And then it cuts to Latrice <laughs> stepping into the shoes and then she just says, they're filled, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was so beautiful and perfectly done because uh, Chris Clegg came up with the idea for Death Drop and Holly Stars is the playwright. And um, they were like, let's work on something funny. Like, And I thought that I was just going to film myself passing off the inspector's mustache, you know, to the camera and, and Latrice would pull back. But the shoe thing definitely was probably the most hilarious thing because that was the shoe they got from Latrice. And I said, what are those? It was, it was sitting on top of the washing machine to stop the washing machine from moving too much because it was on its last rinse. It was on the spin cycle. Yeah, it was such an amazing show. All of the performers are mm-hmm. so great. Um, I'm going to see if I can... You've got Vinegar Strokes as yes. as a Grand Dame. Anaphylactic. A lot of these are UK performers. Um, mm-hmm. uh, or I guess everyone except for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anaphylactic as, as a conservative um, gossip columnist, editor of a gossip paper. Um mm-hmm. Richard Energy as a conservative politician, Georgia <laughs> Frost as a sleazy um, TV producer, um, um, Holly Stars plays uh, the caterers. She plays all three sisters. Um, mm-hmm. Hilarious. Uh, who am I forgetting? Who am I forgetting? Uh, um, we also have. I think you mentioned everybody, and then we have Apple Derrieres who Apple Derriere was the who swing is, who had to go yes. into every role. At some point, I think almost every role. I th- I think maybe maybe uh, Apple is close to getting all the roles, and it's exciting. Mm-hmm. It was it's pretty cool to be that person. I don't know if I could ever do that because that's knowing every single line, every single piece of blocking, like all the harmonies and the lead. You know, I uh, my goodness, I <laughs> I can barely remember where to stand. And there are marks on this stage, you know, Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> there are marks, Mama. There are marks. And if you're not on that mark, you're not getting lit up. And as a queen, we like to be lit. 
<laughs> Not anymore. Um, <laughs> the new guy. I went from being lit to being lit. And That's of what. course, of course, the <laughs> of course, I did forget one person in my initial recounting of the cast, and I can't believe this is the one uh, <laughs> that popped into my brain last. But Kitty Scott Claus was oh um, a washed-up uh, pop, pop singer. Star. Absolutely fantastic in the role. She was so hilarious both times Amazing. I saw. And um, that role was also once filled by Willem, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Courtney. And Courtney Act. That's right. Yes, Courtney Act, yeah. And Kitty Raja O'Hara so also once play, uh, played um, yours in Latrice's role. Yes. Anyway, now that everyone's gotten there. <laughs> oh, and, and Monet Exchange. Monet Exchange was also in the role. Yeah. It's had many lives this yeah. uh, this production and I'm 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 hoping that it gets many more lives. Uh it's no too. small thing that a drag play was on the West End, you know? Yeah, I was so excited. I I'll tell you. Those walks to work um were the most amazing little moments of just me and like the wind in my face getting to mm-hmm. go into the theater. Um, Cause I know you're a theater queen and you know, like yeah. that feeling on stage in front of a live audience is you cannot describe it. And to feel that for, I think it was 38 shows that I was so blessed to do. It was like every single night was a gem for me. I was like yeah. collecting Pokemon, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I get to do another one and another one. And, you know, it's, it was um, <laughs> every, you know, my whole mission statement as a drag performer has been to bring drag to theater and theater to drag. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the first queen to do this by any means. You know, I'm following in a path that was uh, bricks were laid down for me by many, many queens before me. Um, mm-hmm. But when I went and saw that show, it was just so inspiring. It was that wonderful feeling you get when you're both inspired and like mm-hmm. in awe and then also mm-hmm. ridiculously jealous because you didn't do it first. You know, do you, yes. I think there's, there's no better compliment to give another drag queen, I think, than to say, oh, that was so good. I wish I thought of it. You yeah. know, because... We are yep. ego-driven creatures. Even, I mean, even the humblest and <clears throat> most grounded amongst us still, you know, you don't get into drag or into live entertainment at all if you don't have some sort of ego. And <laughs> can, we open think... this? <laughs> can we open this with, hi, I'm Juju and I'm Jinx and we're <laughs> humble egos. <laughs> I just don't. I, I don't think there's any better compliment one drag queen can pay another um, mm-hmm. bes- uh, better than I wish I had thought of that because um, that's how I felt. I was I was sitting there watching y'all just absolutely own that West End stage, and I mm-hmm. was like, "This is amazing. I love this. I wish it was me." <laughs> uh, I I was I was there doing it, and I. And I was saying to myself, I can't believe I get to do this. Yeah. And, you know, I was getting ready with Kitty Scott Claus, and she taught me so much about so many British things, like Girls Aloud and Cheryl Cole, and showed me all these videos. <laughs> she she told me what squash was. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and this was all before going on stage. 
<laughs> squash. Do you not know squash? I do know squash. Yeah. I, I, you know, I married a Brit, so I'm basically bilingual. Yeah. Uh, bilingual now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, what I will say about working in the UK and also working in Australia, I think I get more homesick there because both the UK and Australia have so many elements that are so like America, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's just slightly different. You know, it 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 feels more like being in like an alternate timeline or yeah. a multiverse situation than when you're like in Amsterdam or or France or Japan. It's, yeah, it's like in those places, you know, you're in a different place. In the UK, mm-hmm. it feels so almost like mm-hmm. home, but it's just with not. funny phone numbers. Like, wow, that's <laughs> long. <laughs> recap you can you can catch up on every drag race that um <laughs> has done however you watch drag race it's all there um she's she's the most returned drag queen of the drag race franchise yeah and return to sender that's jujubee <laughs> <laughs> and anyone who wants to compete with you for that title has has a long way to go before they even come close. <laughs> oh no, I think you've got what like one more time. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um listen to Queens of Heart. Um no. Queen of Hearts. <laughs> Queen of Hearts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Nine We're just queens, gonna cut that. One heart. We're gonna cut that. <laughs> Listen to Queen of Hearts, Jujubee's new dating podcast. Um, just w- what a concept. And do you have anything else you'd like to plug? People can find you on all the socials. Uh, yeah, they can find me on, you know, Jujubee Online is my Instagram and I use her a lot. But um, I think... I think there something that I do want to talk about quickly is w- drag the musical. I mean, where I think oh, we're of se- course you play several songs. You Tigress, yes. in drag the musical by Alaska Thunderfuck. Yes. yes, what was that experience like? Well, it was a nice little recording booth with the lyrics mm-hmm. right in front of me and me learning every part right before I recorded it. So I mean, I'm actually it was really cool to listen to the finished product and hear all of our voices together, and I can see it. You know, I can see us on that stage. Maybe me not dancing, but everybody else doing some really cool moves. <laughs> you can do a touch step, touch step clap on a one and three. And um, where can people listen to Drag the Musical by Alaska Thunderfuck featuring Jujubee as Tigress? Anywhere they stream their music. Probably right here. Isn't that great that like nowadays you can just say, find my music wherever you find music. <laughs> exactly. And find Queen of Hearts wherever you find Queen of Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I do have compulsory questions that I ask every mm-hmm. guest. Are you yes, ready for them? I am. Who is your celebrity crush today? My celebrity crush today is you. Jinx Monsoon. Oh, gosh. It is. Why? Why? (laughs) Because we've been chatting for this. (laughs) Because we've been chatting this entire hour, and you're so charming. And I feel like this is a date. This is our first date together. And I think it went well. We have been 
extra sultry, both of us. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think I, everybody listening is like, oh my gosh, I want to be a part of this. Are you interested in a thruple? And I would say, e- jinx? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think who's my celebrity crush. <laughs> yeah, who is your celebrity crush? It's you, Jujubee. Hell, is it's it you, really? <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> You're already in Berlin. I'll meet you there. We'll go to the Bergheim. Um, oh my god! Yes. <laughs> um. Are you spiritual? Very. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All the time. I uh, I like, I am at the point of spirituality where I can call myself out for shit. And I, you know, I'll be like, wait, you need to stop. You're thinking too much. You're thinking too much. Let's ground yourself. And then I do a little prayer that I make up each time and. I just I try to ground myself. Before you. Um, <laughs> final question is what is your go to karaoke song? I hate karaoke <sighs> so That's much. Fine. But but you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna pick I did this I did karaoke once on Queen of Hearts and it was <laughs> so that would be my song. <laughs> Into You by Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was karaoke. <laughs> So much of our life is karaoke as drag queens. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could lip sync just talking conversations during the day. <laughs> just record voice memos and play it when I get when I get somewhere. If I have a question, just pick it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being my guest today, Juju B. Good luck on the rest of your jet setting. Mm. Um, congratulations on Queen of Hearts. Thank um, you. Congratulations on Drag the Musical, and I can't wait to see you on another season of Drag Race. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, hi, Jinx. Bye, Jinx. (laughs) And thank you all so much for listening to Hi, Jinx, here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday, so make sure to search for Hi Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at the Jinx on Instagram or at Jinx Monsoon everywhere else, and I'll see you next Wednesday for some more Hi Jinx! Forever! To listen to Hi Jinx, ad-free and one day early, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Hi Jinx is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon. Produced by Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound designed by Will Pitts. And executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Big Dipper, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey.